Hello all, I'm Sofia Kimenko, and this is the second episode of the podcast of The Globe. Today, I'm talking to Andrew Mikhailet from Kherson, a city in the south of Ukraine, about him living under Russian occupation and fleeing to Germany, where he's now living. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, hi, thanks. I'm okay. Um, and you? I'm great, thank you. Uh, so, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Where are you from? What was your life like before the full-scale invasion started in Ukraine? So, as you've already said, my name is Andrew. I am from Ukraine, from Kherson. The, um, Kherson is the city in the southern part of Ukraine. I'm 16 years old right now. So, when the uh, full-scale invasion started, I was 11. I just was a uh, boy who liked learning, which is quite strange. Like a lot of kids in my school didn't like learning. I liked it. And also, um, I just liked also sports. And yeah, I was quite good at sports and learning. Yeah. And which sports? Uh, tourism. So it is like three kind of sports. As I There is uh, sport orienteering, like running with maps, maybe on, in forest or in the city, finding some places. Etc. Then there was also um, like rock climbing and also a uh, kayaking. Great. Um, and do you like it? For how much time did you do it? Actually, for three years. But I've been doing it like for one year when I was just like six years old. It was not professional. It was just like mm-hmm. that I liked it. Then I had like a uh, one year break, and then I've or, uh, started doing it for the second time. It was like more professional. I've participated in more competitions and yeah, I liked it. I've been doing quite well and yeah. When the full-scale invasion started, what were the changes in your life and uh, how you felt about them? Uh, so one of the biggest changes was that I felt a uh, responsibility. Now, like probably all of the Ukrainians, they feel resp- responsibility. Not only responsibility for your country, but also responsibility for the whole Europe. Because actually our country uh, protects Europe right now. Yeah, not only us. And uh, second, also, I felt independent. So uh, before the war, I could not say that our country is independent. We, were, uh, we depended from uh, Europe, from Russia or from someone else. Uh, yeah, and when the war has started, I understood that our country can uh, protect itself, we can fight, we can be independent. Great, well, such wonderful insights, thank you. And uh, are you a single child or do you have any brothers or sisters? Uh, I have got a sister, she's uh, 30 years right now. Uh, yeah, so uh, she wasn't in my city when the full-scale invasion started. And where was she at that time? Uh, she was in the UAE, United Arab Emirates. Yeah, she was working uh, there as a waiter. Um, thanks. Well, when did you decide to leave Kherson, as you now are abroad, and why did you decide to do it? So, um, as soon as we understood that we don't have any help for the city, for the people who live there, uh, we left it. What help? Uh, that uh, we helped the people there, we helped... Um, People not to lose hope on Ukraine. We were making some videos, just posting them in the internet with guys going like on protests, something like that. But a Russian threat to stop all of, the, all of it. And 
yeah, it was uh, already dangerous. And also one day there was a explosion. I was uh, playing with my friend and like 500 meters from me, there was an explosion. Uh, yeah. And uh, we went there with our parents and there were a lot of dead bodies. Yeah, we couldn't see them because uh, Russians said that we can't come closer. But uh, on the next morning, uh, yeah, dead bodies were gone, but we could see uh, the dead body of a dog. Like there is a sun, no, no clouds and a dead body of the dog. Yeah, and then my mother just decided to leave. Oh my God, that's terrible. Uh, terrible, really. Um, and uh, how did you manage to go abroad um, when you decided to do it? Uh, because a person was um, in the occupation at that time. And where are you living right now? Uh, right now I am in Hamburg and it took me uh, two months to find a place to live here, right? So um, firstly, as you've already said, Kherson was um, occupied and we could either go to Ukraine and then from Ukraine uh, or to stay there or to go to Europe or to go through Russia, which was not so good because, you know, you are going through your enemy country and uh, you just don't know what they will do and such stuff. Yeah, the thing we didn't have in our minds is that we didn't know where we are going because everything could change as it did. So uh, we just understood that we have to leave our city. And um, we didn't know. We decided that we will go to Europe, but we didn't know we would be in Germany or, I don't know, Spain, something like that. Yeah, and um, why we couldn't decide anything? Because, yeah, we went through Russia. We went to Crimea, firstly, because we couldn't go through Ukraine. Uh, Russians were killing just those who were going through Ukraine uh, as soon as you uh, cross the border. So uh, in Crimea, we had a break, like about 10 days. stayed in a nice place there and yeah just had to have a break we found a bus we wanted to go through georgia through turkey uh, yeah and then to europe but then uh, putin has started his mobilizations and uh, we couldn't go through georgia because there were a lot of russians going there and just yeah we had to stay uh, about five days there if we uh, went uh, there. That's why we went through uh, through Estonia, through St. Petersburg. So you can see that we've changed our plans fully from the southern part of Russia to the northern part. Yeah, so we went there and then um, there were some problems crossing the border in Russia. Firstly, they've checked our phones, such stuff, documents, they've taken our uh, photos of our profile and fuss. Uh, they took our fingerprints. Uh, there were five uh, persons uh, from Ukraine who were going to Estonia, to Tallinn, uh, exactly, from St. Petersburg. And it took us about one hour 40, something like that, to cross the um, border. And uh, my mom was the first one who talked with a Russian guy. And uh, it took her uh, 100 minutes. I, I remember this number. Uh, then it went fast. Uh, yeah. And which types of questions did this Russian ask her? Uh, yeah, so firstly, he has asked her to tell everything from the start, from the start of the war, uh, till the point when uh, we've left her son. So how it was from our point of view. Uh, she told it all. Then at the end of the speech, uh, my mom has talked about the war, that uh, it, it can also come to Russia. The Russian guy said, it is impossible for the war to come to Russia, 
but in the end of the speech, in the full end, he was even afraid that they don't have a shelter there. So like my mom convinced him that uh, there is a possibility of a bomb to come to their border or to everywhere. And yeah, so he was afraid. I see. Uh, thanks. Uh, you said that it took you uh, two months and a half to uh, get to Hamburg. So um, between the time when you left Kherson and went through Crimea, uh, what was it like in Germany? Where did you spend your time as there when you got there? Um, yeah, till the time I found a place to live. Uh, it took me like about three months. We were without any documents or something like that in Hamburg. And we lived in a gym with 170 other people. Yeah. So firstly, we came actually not to Hamburg, but to Friedland. It's a small city in uh, eastern part of Germany, mecklenburg vorpommern Yeah, they were our friends there. But then they said that uh, we have to go to Hamburg. We went there. Uh, we were about 10 days in a uh, first center for um, refugees. Then they said that we have to go to a gym. And then in three months, volunteers have helped us to find this house where I am right now. And um, then we've moved here. But uh, till the time we've received our first money as refugees, it passed uh, two months. And how was the conditions in that uh, gym? Uh, well, you know, it was like a condition if uh, if you are living with uh, 170 people with you. So, uh, there were always some uh, boys, girls, some children running near your bed. And there was like... In two meters, there was another bed from us, so our family was uh, in the middle of the gym. I think in about 10 days, it was even quite quite nice. Like, you know, um, I've made some friends and it was nice. We, could, uh, we didn't have to go somewhere to meet. You just, like, you know, go to another bed and meet there. Then, um, but, of course, the food was awful, especially for the... Uh, breakfast and um, supper, yeah, and um, yeah, we actually have made a lot of videos, uh, protests there, and uh, after that, they've changed some conditions, they gave us beds and uh, some things, uh, but yeah, it was not not that good. Oh my god, awful. And what types of food did they give you for breakfast and dinner? Uh, it was pasta, uh, like cold pasta. Uh, you know, pasta, uh, if you don't add some, uh, I don't know, some stew or a uh, butter to the pasta, uh, it will be, and it is cold, it will be like stinky, it will stick together. And uh, that was what they gave us. Uh, usually there was kind of a salad, like um, some cucumbers maybe, or tomato, but uh, yeah, it was just cold pasta. Sounds terrible. Do you now go to school in Germany? Yeah, I go to school. I go to the gymnasium. Uh, actually, it is one of the um, best gymnasiums in Hamburg. There were no places here. I didn't go to school for about three months since we've got in Hamburg. Yeah, and um, then again, the same volunteers uh, helped us with the school. Uh, firstly, I went to the integrational class, IFOK. I had to learn German. Actually, it takes a year to go to another school, uh, but I stayed in this school and after the summer holiday, so in a half year in this integrational class, I went to the German class and just started as a normal German. 
Great, well done. And how was it for you uh, studying in the international class? Were there any other Ukrainians? Uh, yeah, firstly, there were only uh, 11 children there, which is quite nice, you know, a class from 11 children. Uh, all of them were from Ukraine, uh, except for one girl who was from Turkey. Uh, we didn't have a quite nice German teacher. She didn't uh, teach us like properly. Uh, most of the time I uh, learned by myself. But uh, then in about uh, a month, some other children from Afghanistan, uh, one from Iran. I see. And which uh, subjects did you have there? Uh, we had PE, physical education. Uh, then we also had German, a lot of German, like uh, I believe there were 15 uh, lessons per week. And uh, we had Kunst, Art and uh, Math and Geography, but it always changed. Mm-hmm. I see. Did the Ukrainians there speak uh, Ukrainian or Russian? Uh, well, firstly, we all spoke Ukrainian because we kind of united us. And um, I think like three children of ours uh, were from Kharkiv and Kharkiv spoke Russian for the most time. So in about a month, they've started speaking Russian. So right now, If I want to communicate with them, once on the day, I can start speaking with them uh, in Ukrainian uh, or in Russian, but Russian is closer to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Ukrainians, they studied with you in the integration class. Are they now studying with you in a German class as well? No. Uh, as I said, the, uh, we had a year um, for the integration class and I've passed to German class seven months. Uh, I've stayed in this school. Actually, in a few weeks, those guys from integration of us also will uh, go to German classes, but they will go to another school. So um, uh, no one will be in this school. I see. That's a pity. And was there some sort of an exam to uh, come to the German class? Uh, yeah, uh, there was. Uh, I had to know the A2.2 level of German. But actually, uh, I didn't take part in this exam. I don't know why. And maybe there was a problem with the program or something like that. But I didn't take part there. So um, they've just let me go in German class and, and that's it. Um, just for the listeners, um, guys, in German there are levels. A1.1, A1.2, A1. and like that up to C2.2. Uh, which is um, native speaker. So A2.2 is quite a good level for five months. I mean, that's cool. Do you like your German class right now? They are different from Ukrainians. Like, I can see a lot of differences in them. Um, it took me about two months to understand what I can talk with them about, what I can't, because there are some uh, topics I could talk about like with Ukrainians, uh, which I couldn't talk about with Germans. Could you give us an example of such topics? Um, yeah, for example, Germans are very nervous about the tests. If we write a test, they nearly cry. I was sitting with a guy and we were writing geography. Uh, that, that guy was a nice guy. He had one geography, which is the highest note uh, here in Germany. So he knew the subject. And uh, he was crying while writing the, uh, the test. And uh, then with the Ukrainians, we discussed, like, you know, this uh, task was really difficult. 
But with Germans, they kind of, they don't give their own opinion on the tasks. That's strange. I'm now in Italy and I'm also studying um, Italian school. And I just went to Italian class right away because there were no integrational classes as there aren't as many refugees here in the small town in Italy. And I find that Italians are also different from Ukrainians, of course, but about the tests, I find that they really often uh, talk about their opinions on different tasks. I have a friend who's... Um, also an excellent student, and we almost uh, all the time talk about these tasks. So, yeah, that's interesting. And any other differences you noticed? Uh, their behavior. Um, in Ukrainians, yes, there was a problem with uh, phones. All uh, children were playing phone games, computer games, uh, such things. But like here in gymnasium, uh, we are not allowed to use phones. And they just crazy without using them. Like on the breaks, they just running everywhere and such stuff, which uh, is not uh, like all the boys that are just running in the corridor. No, uh, in Ukraine there were a few, like uh, two, three, but uh, who weren't such. Yeah, and they were running in the corridor. Yeah, sometimes you also had to run in the corridor if you're late. Something. It wasn't that you're just always uh, running. And also, mm, if a teacher comes to a class. In Ukrainian school, we all have to stand up. Now, in German class, a teacher uh, uh, can come in, and as uh, all of them are, I could use the adjective crazy, they're all uh, shouting, uh, yeah, such things. Then uh, a teacher has to shout at us to say, like, uh, good morning. And only when she says uh, good morning, they go to, to the places, stand up, and she say, like, also good morning. Oh my god. And in the integration class, uh, were the behaviors of the students is the same as in Ukraine or maybe close to the German one? It was kind of in the middle, I would say, because um, mm -hmm. we had German teachers and uh, with them, they uh, also found some of our behaviors a bit strange and they told us that um, the things for example, in Ukrainian, we ask, may I go out? So if you need to go to a toilet, you just raise your hand and say, may I go out? But here you have to say, may I go to the toilet? Because if you just want to get to go out, they don't know whether you want to go to play football or something like that. I think we've be behaved ourselves more like in Ukraine in the integrational class. About the breaks, I just wanted to ask you, because here I was extremely surprised when I came to school at first, and no one told me that they have uh, longer uh, classes, which are not 45 minutes as in Ukraine, but 55, and they have only two 10-minute breaks and six lessons. Um, that is why most of my classmates just go crazy in their sleep on their tables or something like that. Um, is it the same in Germany? Um, well, uh, at least in Hamburg, like in every federal land in Germany, it's different. The school system is different. And also in Hamburg, there are two types of schools here, uh, Stadtteil, Schule, and uh, gymnasiums. So gymnasium is something like higher, where smarter, uh, smarter children uh, go, and yeah, Stadtteil, Schule is something like lower. Like in my school, we have got uh, 45 minutes lessons and 5 minutes breaks. So, uh, yeah, it's also not that uh, as in Ukraine. But, for example, my friend goes to 
uh, another gymnasium and they have got uh, a pair of two lessons, so 45 and 45, without a break. And then they have got um, something like 10 minutes break or 20 minutes break. So, yeah, it depends on school. Mm-hmm. I see, thanks. Uh, do you find the learning there difficult, maybe more difficult than in Ukraine? It's easier. If I knew German, it was much easier for me uh, to learn here because um, there is some stuff, like in math lessons, if teacher just shows us once uh, example like explains why uh, a triangle has got uh, 180 degrees then here we've spent about uh, two or three lessons on one topic and uh, yeah it's much easier and um some things as biology in ukraine if there is some uh, vocabularies uh, that we have to learn like from latin maybe and uh, here in biology they they don't tell it and they have to learn it all uh, during the lessons. So it is a bit easier here. Same here in Italy. At first it was just difficult for me because I didn't know any Italian. I went to school and as I've already said, um, there wasn't any integrational class. So I just uh, had to um, study my, by myself. Uh, but now I see that it is much easier. For example, in Ukraine, I'm studying at a math and physics lyceum. And uh, math there is much more difficult than in this school. But I think it is um, because in Italy, they study for 13 years. And I'm going to study for 11 years in Ukraine. Uh, so I think that's the main difference between those two schools. Yeah, uh, there is one thing uh, that might be a bit uh, like more difficult in gymnasiums, at least in Hamburg, uh, because there is always something that they learn additionally. So my gymnasium learns um, uh, Latin and yeah, Greek. Mm, yeah, and those are very difficult. Like I, I don't learn uh, Latin because I didn't learn it. They've learned it already for um, like three years, and I was in the uh, really? I mean, in uh, Italy, for example, you study Latin only from ninth grade up to 13th, and it depends still on school, like you're um, not bound to learn Latin. Uh, no, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it depends on uh, gymnasium. So like gymnasium near my home studies Spanish and French. My gymnasium studies Latin and ancient Greek. So um, they studied from fifth grade, they have got already three languages to study, German, English, and uh, Latin. And from eighth grade, we study four languages, also ancient Greek. <laughs> and what is the school system like in Germany? Do you study in one school from the first grade to twelfth grade, or do you change schools? Uh, yeah, we change schools. There is such thing as uh, Grundschule, like it's from the first to fourth grades. So uh, four years you study in the Grundschule, they all are different. So if you are planning to go then to gymnasium, which has got a lot of physics, uh, you can go to another Grundschule. And uh, if you are planning to go in another gymnasium, you go in another uh, school. And then after the fifth grade, they go to gymnasium or Stadtteilschule. And then after 10th grade, I believe, you can either go and walk somewhere or you can choose a uh, Fach. There are a few types of them in every gymnasium. So my gymnasium um, has got four facts. Those are politics, math, of course, history and languages. 
So after 10th grade, uh, your quest is reformatted. You choose a fact uh, and you go to another quest with who have chosen that, uh, that fact. Well, that's interesting. It's uh, really different here. We have five years of um, elementary school, uh, which is called elementary here. Then we have three um, classes of scuola di secondo grado, which is like middle school. And then we have high school for other five or three years, depends on what you, sh- what you choose. So next year, I'm gonna go to a lyceum. Now, are you in Germany with uh, your mom and dad or only with your mom? Uh, with my mom and dad. Actually, my dad is uh, 59 years old right now. So uh, men cannot uh, go out of Ukraine uh, till 60, I believe, because uh, they might uh, need to go to war. But uh, yeah, in, in a few months, he will already be 60. And as you've already asked, we went through Russia. So yeah, we went with him. Mm-hmm. And your uh, sister, is she still where she was? Or? In UAE, yeah. She's still in uh, uh, Arabic Emirates. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, thanks. And when are you planning to return to Ukraine? Are you planning? You know what a war taught all of us? That we cannot plan anything. So in my plans, I wanted to go uh, to a, a lithium. There was one a really good in uh, Kherson, physics, because I liked physics. And then uh, after finishing it, I could go and study in Europe or somewhere like this. But uh, yeah, then there was a war and now I'm in Germany. We are planning to stay here and uh, as long as we have got yeah, something to stay with, like money, as long as we have got home, yeah. But after the war finishes, when Ukraine wins, I think I could return to Ukraine because Ukraine will need some like strong hands to rebuild it. But if there is something bad, like, I don't know, uh, there were stops right now and uh, the Crimea and the southern part of Ukraine will uh, remain Russian, then I will stay in Europe because it won't be the end of the war. I see, thanks. Um, I have a lot of friends who are now abroad and, well, including me, um, and most of them uh, also can't plan anything, of course, but uh, many want to return after victory, and I really hope that it will come and that uh, people will return as uh, really it will be needed to rebuild Ukraine and hope for the best. And thank you very much for talking to me. It was a pleasure. Really uh, interesting insights. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye.